Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. Uh, my name's Tannis Gale. I'm joined here by my co-host, John Brummer. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, super psyched for our little mini episode today. Um, I do want to give a disclaimer real quick about uh, last week's episode, Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot review that we did. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I do apologize for the sample at the beginning. I was told by a couple of sources it was pretty quiet. I'm still learning some of this audio equipment in the editing program, so I apologize if that was completely unhearable for the lot of you. And I will uh, try my hardest to make things a little more audible. I got some tips on how to fix the situation, so thank you for your patience with me learning some of this stuff. Um, I'm just going to go right into its main topic of our, uh, our show today. So I'm just going to go into what I've been listening to this week. Besides your enemies, friends, you are being videotaped, which is still in my car and on heavy rotation. I have pretty much been listening to nothing but King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards infest the rat's nest this past week. Just honestly, just over and over again. And then I'll throw on some podcasts of various sorts, but then it's music time. And I've listened to that album like at once three times in a row. I think I maybe put the new Torch album on a couple of times. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's just been Infest the Rat's Nest. How about you? What have you been listening to? Uh, it's been a lot of Infest the Rat's Nest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that album is, I, I will already say, it's my favorite fucking album of the year. I did the other day uh, take a little bit of a break because as we're getting prepared for Riot Fest next week, I was... Uh, talking to my son about you know what he's excited to hear and you will actually be kind of surprised about what we're definitely going to make sure we see on the sunday because of what he brought up and we're gonna make sure that we see ween uh they're playing all of the mollusk hell yeah and uh so i i took a break from listening to king gizzards uh infest the rats nest so I could uh, give a few listens to the mollusk. I I've never really, I've never really listened to them before. Well, um, and I, I remember mean, when I got into them, I was uh, listening to some of the most annoying Ween songs around the house. So I, I remember it really turning you and Zach off at the time when we were living together. That I don't know if you remember <laughs> pushing the little daisies. Oh well, I knew that from Beavis and Butthead. Oh okay, <laughs> but uh, continue. Um, Sorry to interrupt. But uh, so when I was talking to him, you know, there there's a Riot Fest playlist that they had put out there. And I was, you know, telling him to, you know, get familiar with some of the stuff that you don't really know, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we uh, are going to be seeing. I just figured and, out. I know why he knows Ween, but continue. Yeah, because Ocean Man. Yep. <laughs> was on SpongeBob. So. That became, you know, he he said that he was pretty excited to see that. And that's why, you know, I made sure to focus on that. Listen to the mollusk. The funniest thing, though, about um, me putting the mollusk on and listening to that was uh, I, I was listening to it in my car and then I stopped listening to it. I, I turned it off. And the next time I went to my car, I started up my car, which automatically hooks up to my Bluetooth and it started playing planet b and all of infest the rat's nest i think uh, my car was saying we know what you want to hear <laughs> so well i'm dying to know what did yeah. you think of the mollusk 
I really like it. I'm actually really excited to see them on Sunday. Excellent. Um, they are fantastic live. They, I've I've uh, only seen them once, but it was a, a blast of a show and the only time I've tailgated before a show. Didn't you see them at Riot Fest? No, no. I uh, saw them in, oh my gosh, 2005 or six in Bend, Oregon. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and my buddy Seth, we drove down. Or no, we caught a train down to... No, no, no. We greyhounded it down to... Oh, my oh God. wow. We greyhounded it down to Oregon. Because <laughs> my parents at the time lived in Sisters, Oregon, which Bend is 20 miles away. So we just stayed yeah. at my parents' house and uh, got dropped off and picked up at the concert like a bunch of teenagers. Oh, it was a blast. Those That band is fantastic live. They're, um, they're a lot louder than you would think when you listen to yeah. their albums like it's a lot more of a full sound i'm trying to think of a, a a good comparison but um yeah i think you're gonna have a blast i'm really pleased you liked the mollusk is there anything you didn't yeah. like about the mollusk because i love that we know no it was actually i i got really excited i Even i don't polka dot tail a, yeah i mean pretty much everything that i heard i enjoyed um oh learn, i did learn the blarney joke. stone Learn the Blarney yeah, well, Stone. That's gonna be the huge fucking sing along. When they when I saw them, they closed with that. It was explosive. It was just magical and belligerent and awesome. And the entire audience had their arms around each other and were all singing along. And holy <laughs> crap! Ew. Yeah, you're I gonna have a blast. When I was listening to it, it came on, and I was suddenly it, it reminded me of. Um, after I moved to Eau Claire, I was listening to, you know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of entertainment, so I would just listen to what was on the computer, and that song would come on, I don't know, like, every so often. I'm like, what the fuck is a Dropkick Murphy song doing on here? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, and like, every time it started, I'd be like, is this the Dropkick Murphys? What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, no, then it, I always realized that it was Ween, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, huh, crazy. It reminded me of those times when I was like always confused as to why this was on my computer. And then I would be reminded that you and Zach would put a lot of music on my computer. So <laughs> that's true. Oh, what uh, else is Noah psyched to see? Uh, well, uh, like I said, last time that we talked, uh, most of it is just stuff that, you know, I introduced him to. Um, I've been trying over and over again dude listen to stuff that you haven't heard i'm not going to put up with you bitching about you being bored because you don't know who this is <laughs> um and even today i was like dude are you listening to stuff and he's like no i was watching youtube and i'm like okay well i don't want to hear it i'm not gonna put up with it <laughs> so anyway um yeah i i i did uh i did point out when we were listening to uh uh what waving my dick in the wind <laughs> um i was like make sure you show this to all your friends at school <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man but uh other than that is johnny I, on the uh, spot on that record yes oh and oh. that song fucking rules yeah that, that song is awesome <laughs> live you yeah, gotta hear it's I'm gonna a be a long night off of quebec the song that opens quebec is literally just a motorhead song and it's one of the oh it's so heavy and thrashy and it's such a bummer that they didn't do much else with that sound huh. <laughs> uh, but um speaking of shows um 
I don't really have much well, to add with what I've been up to. Oh, do you have more at Riot Fest? Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, I was going to ask why didn't you watch them at Riot Fest when we were there in 2016? They weren't playing. Yeah, they were. No. I. Yes, they were because I walked by them in my super fucked up state, and I was like, "Huh," and I thought that you were excited to see them. Yeah, dude, I will bet you five hundred million dollars because. They were playing opposite of Flaming Lips. And the Flaming Lips are there this uh this weekend too, but I can't remember. I I think I think uh they're playing at the same time as Blink 182, so Oh my god, being... you're right. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> like I said, No, I, I saw this you, set. I, and you don't remember. Yeah, that was the last day, wasn't it? No, it was the first day. They played on Friday. Oh, maybe I only saw a portion of it then. Yeah. Because I know that um, I walked by and I saw the their uh, their symbol. And at one point, I got... Because I was so fucked up, I got it confused with you were... looking over and seeing Morrissey. Oh, no, dude. Remember? I got super fucked up. Not the first... Oh, yeah. The first night was my yeah. fault, wasn't it? Yeah, the first night was uh, that was that night that I got super fucked up. We we missed so much stuff. We didn't get there until like seven thirty. Um, no, I only saw the the end of Ween. We yeah, I only saw the end of Ween set. Oh, that's what it was. Because we walked in, I caught a little of refused. I walked over. Ween was finishing up with Ocean Man. Then they ended. Then we went to go watch No Effects, and I saw a little bit of the Flaming Lips and Jimmy Eat World through that. And uh, oh. yeah, I missed Gore that day. All right, we, did we see the end of Gore? No, we didn't see any of Gore. We missed Gore. Uh, Who else was playing? Things that we missed. We missed Gore. We missed uh, Dillinger, Dillinger Escape. Escape Plan, which makes me want to shoot converge. myself in the dick. Yeah, well, I will point out that you know while we're sitting there, you know, you always like to point out to me that Saturday I was like, oh, I need to go, and you're like, stop drinking and go. But Friday. I was like, we need to go because we're missing Dillinger Escape Plan. You're like, eh. And I was like, Converge. Yeah. You're like, eh. I, I was, was like, meh. I was wrong. And you're like, I mean, you were I was really tired. Way. Okay. <laughs> I was really tired. I had just traveled. I was like, I'm not ready to go. I want to just sit and get a little wasted and hang out. So it wasn't like I didn't care. I think I was just in the mindset of like, I'm, I need to recharge before I go out for the night. I mean, and I'm glad I did because wasn't that DRI night? No, Saturday was God, DRI night can't because you you can't remember shit, man. <laughs> no, that was a fun weekend. <laughs> it was a fun weekend. Oh, DRI and, night uh, was the best at Reggie's. Got backstage up in the VIP yeah, area, just hanging up above the stage with all these. <laughs> oh, that was nuts. Yeah, because you didn't go. You didn't go to the festival on Saturday. Um, <sighs> See, man, so that's I, how I, I remember that it was DRI and I, night, and I totally remember going. But now that I'm looking at the, the lineup on Saturday, I'm like, all I remember is the Descendants. I think I remember I saw another band on a different day. Yeah, and you, I'm just, you didn't. Oh, I gotta watch it next time. I mean, I was totally fine, but oh, oh boy. Yeah. Hey guys, I mean, if, you were if, correct. listening audience, if you ever go to a festival with me, keep an eye on the boy. Make sure he stays hydrated, huh? <laughs> make sure i stay hydrated well I, and i love how you know you were so concerned about me yeah uh but apparently you weren't concerned about yourself <laughs> i wasn't yelling on the train 
<laughs> that's very true but you know I'm very happy he... yelling for anybody and not in on that yeah. story it was funny as hell he was cracking everybody else and it was just me and dave that were cringing like oh shit we gotta cart this guy around all day oh no <laughs> how do we get rid of him <laughs> no yeah. not really but um hey enough of our riot fest stories and i'm stoked you're going again this year and i can't wait to hear all about it let's Get right into the meat of today's episode, and uh, with that, let's let's hear about your other recent show experience. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I had myself quite the giz fest. Now, I remember Not you telling be... me, I remember you telling me real quick before you start that you were going to go to see King Gizzard the Lizard Wizard, and then like the next night or some shit like that, you were going to go see Flag. Or Black Flag. Is it Black Flag? Yeah, you were going to go see the, yeah, the shitty version flag. with the skateboard singer and the bad guitarist, Black Flag. Yeah. Yes. So, well, no, uh, I had already I had already bought uh, my ticket for Saturday in Chicago. Right. What I was what I was debating is whether or not I should drive to Milwaukee Friday night and then whether or not I should see them for the first time in Milwaukee or I should um, go see Black Flag. And I ended up, I mean, essentially, because I, I didn't want to take any more time off uh, of work, uh, I had decided that uh, I wasn't going to buy a ticket for Friday in advance. And if I got there, uh, it, I mean, essentially, it came down to if I got down to Milwaukee and they, you know, King Gizzard was sold out, um, I'd just go over to Black Flag because I know that they weren't going to sell out. Um, I mean, in any terms of capacity, you know, say what you will about Greg Ginn and, and his, uh, you know, touring roster of crazy people or whatever. But anyway, I, I got there. I went to the, the Riverside Theater. King Gizzard was not sold out, so I bought a ticket. Um, I'm glad that I did because I had a feeling that the two shows would be fairly different. And they definitely were. Uh, also. I got to see a band called Stonefield open for them on Friday night, uh, and they were awesome. I, I don't know if you've heard of Stonefield, but uh, you need to get at least their newest album. It's four, uh, yeah, four. I think they're sisters uh, from Australia. They're on Flightless Records. They fucking rock. You know, it, it, nowadays it it's really hard to um. I mean. I, I don't want to sound like like a, a crabby old man or you know a total fucking hipster or whatever, but I just I just don't give a shit anymore about opening bands, and I, I I've you know got so much music to listen to that you know if I walk in and they don't impress me, I'm already turned off. I'm just like I don't need to waste any more time on stuff. Sometimes you do go in to a show and you see an opening band and you're like really blown away. And that's kind of what happened with um, Stonefield. They were very, very, very impressive. They, you know, I immediately went and downloaded um, at least their last two or three albums. And uh, that was what I actually listened to on the way home. But I didn't actually get to catch them on Saturday because the show started earlier on Saturday and King, you know, I, I, when I got to the Aragon ballroom, they were still like most of the audience was still outside walking in. So I actually popped over to, I, I was talking with some guys that got off the same train as me and we walked over to a bar 
and had a few beers and totally missed both the opening bands. Mm. We literally got in just in time for King Gizzard to start. So, well, you said that there was two. the The shows were completely different. Tell me more about that. Uh, the on Friday night they, I mean, they both shows kind of had the same. You know, they had you know some of the similar songs. Um, shit, I can't remember what they opened with on Friday night. But it was different than what they opened with on Saturday. But, you know, then they, I think both Friday and Saturday night, they went into Horology from the Polywanda Gondoland album uh, shortly, at least third song. But uh, like Friday night, they ended after almost, they, they played for about two hours. They started playing at 1030 and they didn't get done until almost 1230. Wow. The last like 25, 30 minutes, was just a medley of all the songs that they couldn't get in. You know, they they didn't play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy because you know all of a sudden they start playing something and I ran outside for a smoke. Uh, it, it was like I think I noticed it was like eleven forty five and I just ran outside really quick to have a smoke really quick. The the lady at the door, she's like, "It's gonna end soon." I was like, "I'll be back. I, I'm just gonna it's just be a minute." And I ran back in. And they were still, you know, they had just started this uh, medley. And then uh, things like, you know, Rattlesnake, would, they'd start playing that. And I was like, oh, because they hadn't played it, you know. And then they all they did was just a little bit of the Rattlesnake, 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 Rattlesnake. And then they switched to a different song after that. Uh, one of the actually most awesome things uh, that they did on Friday night that they didn't do on Saturday night was uh they did um uh hand taomi the uh the 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 cyborg from murder of the universe with all the the samples yeah well actually it was supposed to have the samples but it turned into this it was just this instrumental and i noticed there was some guy who came out to ambrose's um his setup his keyboard setup and he kept fiddling with something and they kept playing the song throughout the whole thing (laughs) and uh actually i i uh, now that I think of it, it was the 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 title track, "Murder of the Universe." There was no there was no samples or anything. And then once they got done, Stu was like, "That was supposed to feature Han Taomi on it, but he didn't show up." <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, God damn it, that was such an incredible version of it and i i don't think anybody else is gonna get what we got and it was it was beautiful and it was awesome uh that that song by itself the instrumental on it is just so killer um you know i've really come around on murder of the universe i can't believe i didn't like that album at first i i don't know how you couldn't that that is still even i mean infest the rat's nest is fighting for spot but murder of the universe I think that was the first real album where I went, wait a minute, these guys fucking rule. <laughs> like I had heard other stuff and I'm like, yeah, you know, I could get into this, you know, and and I don't even know what made me download Murder of the Universe because it was, you know, in the string of like, you know, five albums. But for some reason, that was, you know, the one that that I I, I think I saw it as, a, you know, this is new. This is a new release this week, and so I downloaded it, and it just kept coming up and coming up, and I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And I, I think maybe that's why it has such, you know, it has such a hold on me, 
um, because it was the first one that I really got into. But whatever. And I, I, I love that album. And I really don't care for the fact that people make fun of it for the, the fact that it's just rich with story. Who makes but, fun of it? Uh, uh, apparently, you know, you, well, you were saying something about how the, the story kind of or the 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 voices kind of you know don't match with the music or something like it that it grew then, on uh, me but at first it was really off-putting like why is there like this like voiceover woman with an english or an australian accent well obviously she'd be an australian accent <laughs> to an american it sounds foreign to me you know yeah and i'm not and there's nothing wrong with that it just did at first so i was like wait what the hell is going on here like but but like think like you don't narrate concept albums. You shouldn't have to do that. What is happening here? And this is completely goofy. And then I don't know. There it was just a couple of months ago. All of a sudden, I I, I decided to listen to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I agree with you. You shouldn't have to narrate concept albums, but. I think it's brilliant that they did. I yeah, mean, this is probably one of the only albums that I would love that that where this is a thing. Speaking of concepts, though, like, what do you what do you think about the the theory that I've come up with that fishing for fishies and infest the rats nets are two components of the same story? Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. The uh, I mean, they used the Hanteomi voice on um, Polly Wanda Gondoland and on Cyborg. So, and on well, Cyborg. Well, well, it's not not his voice, but but there's the there's that thing that I read where somebody was saying, yeah, Cyborg is totally Hanteomi after he's a full cyborg, which is why that's why he sounds completely robotic. Yeah, yeah. rather than just a semi. Uh, I do have to say because they played it both nights as well uh they played cyboogie both nights the the thing that i have always found funny when it comes to you know bands that have like a a song with like nothing but uh vocoder or whatever it never it never really translate never really translates well live uh, a lot of bands that use a lot of effects sometimes they it just for whatever reason it 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 worked well in the studio but it doesn't work well live i remember it like uh here's a big example whenever i would see live performances of at the drive-in doing one arm scissor whenever the the vote you know the vocal effects come in it sounds so weird and off-putting i think really the only the only person that i had seen before this that had done good vocal effects and it translated well live was uh uh Perry Farrell when I saw Jane's Addiction in 2009 his his use of delay really like amped up you know his his vocals and it sounded great and whatever but uh I have to say that the versions that I heard that weekend of Cy Boogie actually are better than the recorded versions and they they sounded even more robotic huh yeah, it it was kind of crazy because, like I said, you know, I, I don't know if it's just that they don't know how to use the effects well or whatever, or if I mean the the thing about the recorded version is you can still tell that that's Stu singing. He just went straight up vocoder for, yeah. for the live versions. So, but uh, no, the 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 live versions of I mean, you think Cy Boogie is a great song? You got to see that shit live. I <laughs> fuck man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, to say that they killed it 
both nights, I mean, I, I definitely, I let loose a little bit more on Saturday, Friday. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I had like maybe a beer. I was, uh, this is how much they killed it. Uh, for some reason during that, that week I was having like really bad back pains that was like transferring into like really bad headaches too. And, um, it was making it, I mean, doing anything was a real chore, uh, and was really painful. But uh, I sat through all of that that set uh, on Friday night at the Riverside Theater because they just were so fucking good. And then Saturday, I um, I got a hotel that was right next to the train station. I I got I I got a Slurpee from Seven Eleven and I filled that with some uh, some whiskey and then I headed on <laughs> down the road. <laughs> you know, me in Chicago and I, and the whiskey is uh, that's just that's just a thing, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it sure uh, seems to be. <laughs> by the time I got there, I was I was uh pretty, you know, I had a pretty good buzz on, so I was you know, a little bit more loose and I was in, you know, I was actually I guess uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was interacting with the audience a little bit more than I had Friday night. Uh the Aragon Ballroom was a little bit of a looser experience uh because it was all not, nothing but general admission and you know we were all having fun i probably should have pushed my way more into the crowd but i guess in my old age and my short height i get tired of you know like trying to stand on my tippy toes to see in front of all the tall people in front of me so i just grab a spot and grab a beer and enjoy you know <laughs> excellent excellent so yeah um saturday night they did play uh they played all of rattlesnake and they uh they they played um billabong valley from polygonda polygonda wandaland I, I you know i i think i chose the wrong album to say over and over and over again and i don't know why but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway the uh, billabong valley is like one of my favorite songs from that album and the other thing i i just thought was great was uh especially during the infest the rats nuts stuff ambrose you know the keyboardist he doesn't have a lot to do so he really just all he does is kind of like antagonize the audience and it, it, it was just great watching this you know like super skinny you know like uh whatever guy you know just really like bring it on and you know he's just like he, you know making faces at the audience it, it, he's really he's really funny and he's really kind of a crazy guy i would love to uh hang out with those guys for like a week and just experience everything that goes on yeah you could be like hey, hey, hey guys you need a third drummer yeah exactly <laughs> although i mean i almost uh i almost did give uh them my card because uh friday night in milwaukee i was able to meet michael cavanaugh uh who is the main drummer besides you know eric moore but michael cavanaugh is the one who does like a lot of the 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 really cool shit like uh, when they do the uh, the 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 big like drum solo intro to um, self immolate, self immolate, yeah. When they do that, Eric Moore just kind of sits there and drinks water, and then he starts playing when it kicks in for full, you know, the the full song. And by the way, the ending of self immolate is the heaviest thing I think I will ever fucking hear in my life, like live they oh it, it, you you can't i can't even explain it especially the double drums 
it just really, you know, when when they they drop it down about half speed, it really fucking kills. Um, and they're and they're kind of doing the <gasps> in the background and yep, shit like that. Exactly. Oh man. So that, that... Yeah. No. That that. I mean, that had me head banging. That. Yeah. So yeah, I got to meet Michael Cavanaugh. He was awesome. He's a super nice guy. Uh, I got you know a selfie with him. Also, the thing that I found funny. They are all really, really fucking tall. I thought Stu was like, you know, because watching him up on stage, compared to the other guys, I think he's the shortest one in the band. And if you look at the picture that I took with him, he's still like two feet taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are a bunch of fucking giants. <laughs> um, and yeah, Michael was really tall. I guess I ruined it. I did get to meet Stu on in, on uh, Saturday in Chicago. I. It was not as easy as meeting Michael. Uh, I just happened to walk by, and Michael was standing there smoking a cigarette and talking on the phone, and I just waited for him to get off the phone and then asked him if we could get a picture. Saturday night was a little bit more difficult. We all waited for about 45 minutes, close to an hour after they got done, for someone to come out and uh, take pictures with us. Speaking of that, I was I, I did my trademark yelling at someone in in uh, uh, Chicago again. <laughs> but I, I do have to say that he did deserve it. He did admit that he deserved it because we were sitting there talking about how all of us had gone to Milwaukee the night before. And he's like, yeah, I didn't go. I just figured it was too far away. And so I had to give him a lot of shit for that because I was like, you were an hour away. I drove four hours. You should have gone. So, yeah, even afterwards, I apologized to him and I said, I'm sorry, man. He's like, no, you were right. And you were really funny. And I'm like, as long as I'm getting compliments here, I'm I'm glad to take them. But, uh, yeah, so it was it was a great weekend. It was well worth all of the driving. I, I had talked to some people on Friday night who said that they had came from Minneapolis. And um, I said, you're going tomorrow, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, if they're not hitting Minneapolis, we might as well make a weekend of it. And I said, that's exactly what my thought was. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. badass. So what is it about this band that's so insane? That is, is you... they, they put out like one of the best metal albums I've ever heard right before they put out like one of the best t-rex albums i've ever heard i don't know i didn't really get a chance to to ask Stu too much maybe if there was less people out there but uh you know i had heard him talking about his favorite movie um the people before me asked him what his favorite movie was of the summer he said uh he had gone and seen midsummer uh, which i haven't seen but i kind of want or i really want to uh that the director's cut did come to this area but i had my kid and i wasn't gonna you know subject him to that and so you know it kind of i guess all kind of spoke to uh what they're all into but i i don't know what drives that kind of creative output and not just the fact that it's creative it's great but there's a lot of it I don't I I just I'm going to chalk it up to them being Australian and having literally nothing better to do and if they go outside they'll get eaten by bog monsters. <laughs> See kids, this is what happens when you don't discover video games. Exactly. You make a lot of music. Although I'm sure that they play 
They have to do everything inside because they live in Australia where the monsters will kill you. <laughs> but yeah, no. like I said earlier, I can't stop listening to Infest the Rat's Nest. Like, that was one of the most surprising albums I've heard in recent years. Like, you know, you... I just can't believe how genuinely metal it is without sounding put upon or, oh, they're doing this thing and it's kind of tongue in cheek. It is genuinely like brutal and thrashy and super good. And it's one of the catchiest metal albums I've ever heard. Oh, it's extremely catchy. Yeah. I There's nothing it, worse than your coworkers giving you a weird look because you're walking around work going, I want to be set on fire yeah. over and over again throughout the day. So here's a few things. First of all, when I when they started releasing those, uh, when they first released Planet B, and uh, I, w I mean, I was on board. With it. I was like, oh, this is different. I told you to check it out because I figured, you know, you would definitely dig it. I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I was like, yeah, you know, this is okay. And then, you know, Self-Emulate was, I actually liked it a little bit less than Planet B. And then Organ Farmer, I liked even less than the first two. And I was, I was actually thinking that this was going to be the first album that they released that I didn't get into. That changed really quick, especially, you know, on, on repeated listens of those three singles. When they released the full thing and I, you know, popped that sucker on, all of a sudden it all made sense. Like I was listening to it and, and at points when I first heard the songs, I was thinking, oh, you know, these are a little sloppy. But then all of a sudden, as I as I listened to it more in depth, I went, oh, no, everything is done. Everything is done on purpose and played great. Well, yeah, it, like it just especially on self-immolate where they that guitar like riff like switches the beat on you to the oh, offbeat. Yeah. That is the most one of the most genius things I've ever heard in a metal song ever. Well, it's even, not even that complicated of a thing. It's just holding back half a beat with your and then all of a sudden you're chugging on the offbeat. And then you do a little thing and then you're back to the normal. Pe oh, God damn. That is so well. Ugh. Fantastic. I actually was thinking, you know, because I, I think it was also during self-emulate that during the first few listens where I was like, oh, this sounds like, you know, maybe they can't keep up and maybe Ma Michael and Eric can't keep up because it sounded like they were, you know, struggling to, to, you know, get that galloping beat. But I realized again on further, li you know, repeat listens very loud that those are all together. They are all doing that on purpose, and it it gives it, um, you know, like like a, a, a real urgent sense of chaos. That I mean, it's just, I, I like. I think they're they were emulating, you know, bands that maybe couldn't uh, have have pulled, you know, done it straight on time in you know the '80s, you know, where that sound really came out, and they they did it perfectly. And all of a sudden, I I just I couldn't help but be like, this is genius. Not only that, but now the the I I would say that the first three songs on it, Planet B, um, Mars for the Rich, and Organ Farmer are like in the running to be like the top three opening songs of an album ever made. Oh, they're man. they're just all perfect together. Yeah, Mars and, for the and, Rich is just like right after Planet B and right before Organ Farmer. These total brutal thrashers. It's just this totally sick like black sabbathy type of riff almost like later aussie years black sabbath type of riff like something well it's, it's definitely very definitely very motorhead too like, oh yeah 
I, you know, actually, it was funny because uh, what, when I was flipping through the stations the other day, uh, some Venom song came on, and this is going to be super controversial. But the only Venom song I really like is Black Metal. I'm, I'm waiting for you to uh, yell it. Black Metal. <laughs> I, when I saw them, especially when I saw them open for. Misfits. Uh, I mean, because I I'd heard I, I when I heard black metal, I thought, oh, black metal is a great song. Everything that they do has got to be great. And uh, then I listened to the other stuff, and I was like, oh, this is just like worse black metal. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I saw Venom Inc., which is just like one of the band members touring as a Venom band. You know, one of those weird things. Yeah, and yeah. It, honestly, it was like there was one or two songs that I'd recognized from other bands covering. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> it was it was seriously just a set of like, all right, come on, hurry up and play it. You all know what we really want to hear. This should be one of those like Smash Mouth type of sets where you start with All Star and you end with All Star, and then maybe sometimes you'll play it in the middle. Just start with Black Metal, <laughs> and then maybe sprinkle it in the middle, and then maybe do it again, kind of like, like Iggy I... Pop was doing on that uh, Stooges reunion tour before the weirdness came out, and uh, he would do now. I want to be your dog, like long versions of them twice. Because oh. there wasn't enough songs on those first two Stooges albums to play a long set for. <laughs> it's like you can drag oh. out real cool time and uh, maybe 1970, but other than that, everything's just kind of like three and a half minutes and done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I saw Venom Incorporated, I thought that the exact same thing. In fact, actually, I... I'm sitting there going, okay, well, the only reason why I'm still sitting here is because black metal is going to come on at some point. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, that was enjoyable. They played it, and I thought it was the most lackluster version I've ever heard of it. Oh, the Cradle I... of Filth version is, is the ultimate version, in my opinion. That's my favorite oh. version. I don't think I've ever listened to that. Oh, it's the best. It, it throws in, like, the keyboards and, like, like it th you know, the part with black metal. Like, it has, yeah. like, you know, vampire-y keyboards going all through the background and, like, blast beats huh. and, like, Danny Filth just, like, They fought themselves on the God's Rock and Roll! <laughs> it's just so <laughs> perfect. Like, it's like that no, song I, was I'll written just for that listen. band to cover it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blast. Uh, I'll have to listen to it because what I, I mean, I completely will never watch uh, Venom, in or Venom Inc. again because that was just boring to me I, venom, I, venom is one of those bands that i feel like the only people that really like them outside of their you know iconography and kind of importance to the evolution of metal the only people that really like them are the type of people that are like i only listen to metal you know what i mean there's yeah, just bands yeah, like that that only metalheads like like nobody's nobody's casually into decapitation or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i get it um but uh, that's what I was going to get through to through all this talk about Venom was I heard some song and I was like, oh, oh, oh it, all of a sudden it made sense. Like Infest the Rat's Nest is what we would have gotten if we got a really good Venom out. <laughs> like it, I was like, this is, you know, that, the, uh, you know, it just it sounded like what Venom wanted to be. But, you know, like the Stu and the guys, they just did it without any fucking like effort. You know, they just 
came out of them. And and the the reason why they're so good at it is is you know Stu started out life as a metalhead. You know that that's really I apparently you know according to an interview I watched with him, uh, that's what he is really into, and that's what he you know that that was the thing that he listened to growing up. Yeah, and you can hear some of the metal influence like primarily on King Gizzard's you know uh, Murder of the Universe. Oh yeah, like and I think the only taste we really got of that type of thing before Infest the Rats. Yeah, I mean some of Nonagon Infinity, mm, but yeah, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there, well, there's even there, there's uh, because uh, I'm in your mind fuzzed and Nonagon and Murder of the Universe. They're all kind of like in that. That's they're, they're considered like a trilogy of the Gizverse. Yeah. The Gizverse. It's fucking fan. There is. <laughs> there's. Uh, there is musical motifs that, you know, get repeated in all three of those. I mean, and I'm saying from each album, um, there's one in particular that is uh, that is actually one of my favorite things that they do, which is. Um, is it the, the People Vultures thing where that yep exactly you knew exactly what i was talking i i i wanted to 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 you know kind of like sing out the melody but every time i do that people are like i don't know what you're talking about bro and so i i saved i was trying to save the audience from hearing me do it but you got it so yeah yeah that's pretty sick no yeah band's amazing oh i i i honestly there there's times when i'm just like i I don't know if i really need to listen they're they're putting out so much stuff that i don't think i need to in fact when uh the one of the most interesting things about seeing them live was they came you know like uh michael came out and he kind of like did some uh adjustments to his drums and the audience starts freaking out and then some of the other guys started coming out and Stu he came out and when him and the other guitarists came out, they sat there and played for a second. And I thought to myself, I think they just wrote three new albums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's exciting to see a band so good get so huge and get such a rabid fan base. Where they're well, being, and the they're, they're like, people are looking at Stu and talking about Stu like people talk about Bruce. <laughs> yeah. The, the amazing thing is they are doing this uh you know there there's a lot of times when people talk about oh this band did this without much radio play or this band did this without much help from MTV or this this band did these guys literally are doing this with like no radio play at all like i you know i i i don't really listen to terrestrial radio but i guarantee you they're not um being played on any like city stations i know for a fact they're not being played around here because the the radio station in this area that we have two rock stations one's a classic rock one and one's a hard rock one almost it, it, it's almost a, a carbon copy of kisw Ugh. so at any point you turn it on it's going to be playing fucking breaking benjamin and corn and uh saliva and oh, just God. all of the garbage bands Ugh. but i i am a very heavy listener of uh sirius xm mostly because i'm constantly driving you know 
all over the state and, you know, figuring out what radio stations work is not, it's not something I want to do. So Sirius XM helps out. They're not even playing them on Sirius XM. Uh, they're not playing them on Underground Garage, which I listen to a lot of. They're not playing them on Sirius XMU. They're not playing them on Alt Nation. Um, well, I don't I, think there's any other. One of the main things that I found out, or main ways that I found out about them, was um, Anthony Fantano's needle drop. There was a dude on my Facebook yep. whose opinion that I totally trust. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's a DJ at Chaos Radio here in Olympia, Washington. But uh, he, I really trust his opinion, and he was, around the time Nonagon Infinity came out, he was just like, holy crap, as if this band couldn't get any better. You're doing yourself like a disservice if you don't check this out. And I was just like, all right, all right, let's see what he's talking about. And I was like, oh, holy shit. And then I went and looked up the uh, Needle Drop um, review, and uh, yeah, I've been kind of going to him just to see Anthony Fantano's opinions on whether I agree with him or not. Um his opinions on the albums whenever they come out, and it's always really interesting. But I know for a fact that turned a lot of people on because I remember seeing that review shared for Nonagon Infinity a few times yeah. on my feed. Just like it was like the people wanted other people to check it out, but they couldn't explain it. So they were like, Here, here's something to explain why I like this so much. And I've never really seen that with a, <laughs> an album before where people are like posting the same review. So I was yeah. like, Shit, this must have taken off. I don't know how many views that. That dude has on that um thing but maybe here's the funny thing is is that's how i heard of king gizzard i er, i i mean i'm pretty sure that i'd heard the name because you know it's kind of a it's a name that stands out i definitely know that the the first time that i heard rattlesnake was because um I listened to uh, the volume channel. It was this was like right after volume started on Sirius XM. And uh, I had seen Anthony Fantana on, you know, I had come across him on YouTube. Uh, It's kind of hard not to when you're, you know, into music. He got a show on the volume network on Sirius XM. Right. I don't think he has it anymore, but he started, you know, mentioning King Gizzard, which I, like I said, name I'd heard, uh, something that I was like, maybe I should check these guys out. Maybe I had heard some of their music at this point. I can't really remember. This is like a few years ago. I've drank a lot since then. So these little details are hard to remember, but, uh, I definitely remember him talking about rattlesnake. And I went and downloaded f- Flying uh, Microtonal Banana, and I listened to it, and I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe. Uh, then, for some reason, after that, I got Murder of the Universe, and then I fell in love. But it was all because of Anthony, or mostly because of Anthony Fantana. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of weird that we both, but, I mean, it wasn't because my friends were sharing it. Maybe you shared it, and I saw that, too. I think so. But, I think I remember definitely coming to you with, uh, John will get this dude to check this shit out kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe you'd heard of it already by that point. It's possible. I, I can't remember. I mean, I do know that when I really got heavy into them, I brought them up again. Maybe, maybe we had had this conversation and I'd forgotten about it, but um, after I really got heavy into and this was this was actually uh, right around the time we started doing this, so late 2018, when I started talking to you about them for serious. But it's possible that I, I either saw a post or you mentioned them in passing, and I, you know, either blew it off or whatever. 
but uh i i think that we were both destined to find this band because yeah this is our shit fuck man this This is is our our shit shit. it's weird it really honestly this band almost feels like oh the world's about to end because this (laughs) i found a band that's literally a culmination of like almost everything i've enjoyed about music through the years exactly it's kind of insane and fucking hey kudos guys yeah no this is fucking awesome (laughs) but i don't know do you have anything else to say john i don't know we've been going on quite a long time for a mini episode i'm kind of running out of things to talk about do you have anything i was literally just gonna say i think we should leave it on that high note hell yeah well still at this point in the in this portion of our podcast if you've been listening this long and you still haven't checked out king gizzard and the lizard wizard what the hell are you doing and if you're just tuning in for the first time I think you've gotten our point that you really need to check out this band with just this episode. I'm sure the yeah. albums will come up on our classic album reviews through the years, uh, probably on a fairly regular basis compared to most other artists that'll ever come yeah. up on this podcast. So. <laughs> well, not every band has released 15 albums in the last seven years, so there's a lot to cover. Yeah, they're the <laughs> anti-tool, and I couldn't love them more for it exactly although you know it's funny that Stu, uh speaking of him, of him being into metal he's very into to tool um or at least was you know as he was growing up yeah i was about um, to say he'll grow out of it yeah <laughs> well i mean he's almost 30 so mm-hmm. but uh anyway okay. yeah i'm kidding I, tool fans i just don't <laughs> care i don't hate your favorite band yeah well i i even i made a post about how this was the best metal al- or best album to be released this year, which was Infest the Rat's Nest. And uh, yeah, I, I saw know, those I, replies I, you got. That was cute. Well, I totally, you know, thought that, that you know, it, it wasn't even that I hate Fear Inoculum or I hate Tool. I just, you know, I, 13 years between the albums, too much. This album, even though I haven't listened to all of Fear Inoculum, I can tell you right now, this album kicks its ass. Not that there's a competition, <laughs> but I, I don't think that, you know, heaps and heaps of praise should be, you know, I, I hate it when a band gets so much praise, whether or not they deserve it when there's, you know, another band that deserves as much praise as that, but they don't get that. So. I, I, anyway, yeah, I see what you're saying. And yeah. so does the audience. <laughs> Good. Well, with that, let's actually say goodbye to them. All right. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast mini episode edition. And uh, my name is Tannis. From me, from John, I bid you all a uh, goodbye. Goodbye.